the liturgy is pretty amazing, um, and especially during certain seasons, it builds in a way that prepares us for the great feast. For example, the death and resurrection of Jesus. It powerfully builds up to Holy Week on Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, then Bavum, Easter. Well, the same with, with Christmas. We don't just land on Christmas Day. Here on the fourth Sunday always, we get this last story before the birth, and it even starts in the Gospel. It says, and this is how the birth of Jesus came about. And then we don't get the birth, we get the foretelling of the birth, but we get the last little scandalous, awful piece of information before we get to the actual birth site of Jesus. And thank God we do. Any Catholic who misses this Sunday jumps right away to the manger scene, and then they go, oh, how pretty, how cute is the baby Jesus, without getting this awful story the Sunday before, this scandal. Here we have Joseph, who discovers that Mary's pregnant. He knows he had nothing to do with it. Hard news, hard news. But before we get to it, I want to unpack these scriptures a little bit, especially the first and the uh, gospel reading. And I, I want to make a reference to that little commercial with the gecko, the, the talking gecko. You've seen it, haven't you? And he's, uh, the gecko's an insurance agent, and of all things, and it's a talking gecko. For God's sake, we are asked to suspend any intelligence when it comes to this, although he says intelligent things. And the little gecko is talking to somebody at a computer or something, telling them, explaining things, and they're confounded by this little gecko. So I'm going to update it, and I'm going to ask you to imagine a little ant right there speaking to me, okay? All right? A little ant. We, we can do this, can't we? So the ant looks at me. I say to the ant, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to do some great things for you, and, and I'm going to help you out. And, and the ant says, oh, no, you can't help me out. No, I'm not going to ask anything of you. And then I say to you, why, you little ant? I could squash you like a bug. When I say I'm going to do something for you, don't tell me, don't let me do it. I asked you to ask for something. Okay. Now, if we could suspend it, and here's this little ant speaking. Doesn't the ant get it? There's a huge giant here in front of him. Better do whatever I say. Do whatever I ask. Don't argue with me. So here we've got Ahaz. And God says to Ahaz, Ahaz, ask anything you want of me and I will do it. I'm the genie. Rub three times and ask. So Ahaz, Ahaz has the nerve to say this, no, I'm not going to ask anything of the Lord. I'm not worthy to do that. And God responds to him, what? I could squash you like a bug. I told you to ask for something. Now, you may think this is ridiculous, but I hear it all the time. The worst place is in the confessional. And I hear people say this to me, Father, I'm confessing this sin. I've confessed it many times before, but I just don't know if God could forgive me. Oh, my God, when I hear this. So I say, really? Is your sin so big? Your sin is so great that God is powerless. He can't, he can't forgive you. You're, you're so important in your sin. 
No, Father, that's not what I'm saying. I said, that's exactly what you're saying. Don't you get what a gift this sacrament is? You walk in those doors. You lay bare your soul. You tell the worst, the most shameful, the, the things you regret the most, your guilt, everything you can remember. And you even say, most people say, and Father, for the things I can't remember, I want to confess those too. And then the priest, not magically, but spiritually, asks God through his goodness and mercy to forgive, wash clean, renew you completely. What a sacrament. What a sacrament. Well, I don't know. I don't think I'm worthy. Maybe I need to confess it again. Can't you just say thank you, God? Can't you just say thank you for your great mercy? What are we missing? And where does it come from? Well, ahas, on one level, I suppose we think it's a beautiful thing to say, well, I'm not worthy to ask something of God, but God said, ask me. I want to give to you. This is the point. These scriptures are not just a historical data from the past. This word of God is meant to engage our hearts and our lives right now. Give us something. Call us to something. Challenge us. How many of you, I don't want hands, this is rhetorical, how many of you asked anything of God today? Anything? Or will ask anything? And will it be important, like, God, fill me with your spirit. Grace me with your love so that I can do what I need to do. Help me to have confidence in myself. Now, we're going to get revealed in these scriptures what gets in the way. For ahas, I'm not going to say it was phony pride or, or, or phony humility, but but it's just that God is inviting him. In both of these scriptures, he's leading these two men to some place. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. And Ahaz trips over his own feet. No, no, no. You, you know, you're too busy. You're too big. I can't. And so God says, all right. I'll tell you what you're going to do. I'm going to give you a sign. And here's the sign. A virgin is going to conceive and bear a son. Call him Emmanuel. Get ready. Get ready. So that's our liturgy today. And then it comes to its fulfillment in the story about Joseph. So Joseph uh, finds out, bad news, Mary's pregnant. Now he was betrothed, he wasn't married, but the Jews had a process and betrothal was the last step before actually getting married. When you were betrothed, it was like you were already married. It just wasn't finished. Maybe this is a bad comparison, but maybe it's like you got married civilly, but not yet by church, you know? So if you broke off the betrothal, you had to go through the divorce. Now, the Scripture says that Joseph was a righteous man, a good man. So when he found out Mary was betrothed, I mean, Mary was pregnant, he loved Mary, apparently. So he decided, well... I'll divorce, but I'm not going to shame her. I'm going to do it quietly. Because he had the right. He was a man. And he could shame her and put her out in public. He could, he could put her on blast. It just embarrass her. Embarrass her. But he chose not to. No, no. I love her. I'm not going to do that. But this is what I must do. i got to let go. So in great biblical language... As he sleeps in a dream, God visits him through the message of an angel. Now, let's not let language get in the way. I don't know if an angel actually appeared in a dream. Maybe that's it. Um, maybe that's it. But, but this is the language of the Bible. 
Angel means messenger. He got a message from God, something bigger than himself. And in, 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 in reality, all of us get these. If we don't, you're not awake. Every single day we should be getting messages from God. If you go home today or on the way home and you go by a homeless person and your heart breaks and you just say, oh my God, that's an angel of God speaking to you through reality. He's touching your heart with the love that he says, care for the poor, love them. If today you decide to invite a family member or a neighbor who's very alone, who you know will be alone on Christmas, and you say, please come to the house, we'll pick you up for Christmas, and you do it simply out of compassion, that's an angel of God speaking to you. That's God getting into your bones, getting into your, your body and, and telling you, wake up, feel compassion, feel it. You've been visited by God. That's God's word alive in you. Happens all the time. So Joseph in a dream, and the angel says, goes right to the heart of the matter, Joseph, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary into your life. Hmm. Fear. I've been a priest 43 years, and I listen to people's lives, my own too, but I hear the killers of the Spirit. Fear, big one. Guilt, regret, jealousy, hatred, can't forgive others, can't forgive myself. I envy everybody. These things get into our spirit. They call them the deadly sins. They, they get in there and they eat at us. They take away our confidence. They take away our hope. They take away our initiative. They convince us that we can't, that we aren't that we won't, that we shouldn't. I hear it all the time. People give up. How many of us, because of some fear or fears, have not accomplished what we could have, didn't take the step that we could have? And there's Joseph, right on the verge of making a big mistake. We wouldn't be celebrating the Feast of the Holy Family if somehow God hadn't broken through his fear. Don't be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary into your home. And then this revelation comes to him. You're going to name him Jesus. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's going to take away sin. He's, and all of the theology of what we know is going to happen in resurrection is revealed there, is revealed there in this story. A wondrous story. What about you and me? What about you and me? Where are we in our story with Christ that, that God, in the language of Paul, emptied himself of his godliness, the cosmic universal Christ, the, the Son of God who always has been the Word, the Word that was with God and was God, entered into carne, into flesh, through Mary, and so forming this Jesus Human and divine, uh, 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 an, an, an amazing concoction of human and divine that, that was born into this world, Emmanuel, that, that scriptures foretold and said it happened in him. And he was recognized, still is 2,000 years later, as the Emmanuel, the God with us, the one who, who mysteriously and wonderfully, amazingly, uh, divine and humanly uh, broke through the power of sin. He took the most inhuman moment 
and made it the most human moment. In the most inhuman moment of hate and rejection, he made it the most human moment of forgiveness and love. Wow. And that's what we'll celebrate in that little baby Jesus born in that smelly manger. Not a cute scene at all, but a really sad scene. No room for you here. Oh, you look very pregnant, ma'am, but uh, not here. Bye. Born in a manger. Smelly manger. But God coming into our existence, into our carne, into our flesh so powerfully. Are we ready for it? Will we receive it? The church says on this Sunday, look at Joseph. Because he let God lead him somewhere new. And is it possible that God wants to take each of us in our own fragility with our illnesses and with our problems and with our struggles and with our challenges and with our un, 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 undeveloped or, or un, unfulfilled hopes and just love us and move us forward? Is it possible that each one of us having a fear or fears uh, that our God wants to become a part of that? I mean, think of it, the God of the universe that holds all this, this enormous space and some things in space, actually millions of things, maybe billions, all of this in existence. Could it be that the wonder of human life that we share, that he would want to get into that and love it, love it? As we prepare these final days for the Feast of Christmas. We're asked to come to that scene, that beautiful, pretty scene that we love so much, and welcome that into us. In the opening prayer, it said something like, or at the, it's either the opening prayer or closing today, it says something about how God, <clears throat> maybe it's the preparation gifts, I forgive it. Bring the book over, I gotta read this to you. Come on, bring that red book over here. Because it just says it so simply, and it, and, it, and it says it in a way that I hope we grasp it and say, yes, it's true in me too. This is what the prayer says. Ah, the prayer over the offerings, the gifts, says this. May the Holy Spirit, O Lord, may the Holy Spirit sanctify these gifts of bread and wine laid upon your altar just as he filled with his power the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Through his power, he filled that womb with divine human existence in a way that would change the world. I mean, think of it, 2,000 years later, we're still celebrating this in some way. Could it be that he wants to fill the womb of our lives, male and female, the womb of our spirit with the very presence of Christ? Because he wants Christ's love to grow in us and transform us. That's why we light these candles. We lit the last one and we say, we're almost there. We're almost there. Let's check out our fears, anything, our sin, anything that blocks the way so that we can open this womb and let our Christ be born. If I were in South Central, you know what they would have said. Amen. 
That's what they would have said. Please stand.